You're listening to the Conquest Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Johnston. If you'd like to support the show, you could do so over at Substack at conquesttheory.substack.com. Episode 1. What is Conquest Theory? Conquest Theory was born out of my desire to understand and explain the political and cultural challenges we face as a nation. Unfortunately, our current political elites frequently and deliberately distort that reality, which has had incredibly destructive effects on our society. This publication's name is inspired, in part, by historian Robert Conquest's Three Laws of Politics. These laws offer thought-provoking insights into the behavior of individuals, organizations, and institutions within political environments. Although initially created to address authoritarian regimes and ideological changes, their importance extends to broader conversations about human conduct, power dynamics, and the operation of societies. Now let's go through each law, and I'm going to give you a corresponding real-world example. Law number one, everyone is conservative about what he knows best. Conquest's first law explains that people are often hesitant to embrace change in areas where they have experience or where they're familiar with something, and so they desire to protect or conserve what they know. This applies to both sides of the political spectrum. This is not to be confused with conservatism, as we have all witnessed its failure to conserve anything. Instead, this applies to any person or community that is naturally and instinctually protective of the ideas and values that they hold dear. Now, as I said, this does not just apply to conservatives. An illustration of how this law is relevant to the left is with the progressive who displays a hate-has-no-home-here yard sign. No doubt, most leftists advocate for unrestricted immigration into the United States, but they also take measures to ensure that their gated communities remain unaffected by immigration policies and would not appreciate nor tolerate the effects of low-income housing on their property values. Case in point, it took less than three days for the residents of Martha's Vineyard to send newly arrived Venezuelan migrants off to a Cape Cod military base. Conquest's second law. Any organization not explicitly right-wing sooner or later becomes left-wing. The second law emphasizes that organizations, institutions, and groups without well-defined ideological principles and hierarchies, along with strict gatekeeping, gradually adopt left-leaning or progressive positions over time. This is thought to be due to a perceived moral or social obligation to conform to prevailing progressive trends. Ideologically, we can see this from the right as conservatism has in many ways become libertarian on many social and economic issues, which is yet another reason why the right has failed to conserve much of anything at all. But we can see this drift on the left as well. One only needs to listen to a speech by Bill Clinton on curtailing illegal immigration back in the 90s, or even Barack Obama in 2004, who openly opposed same-sex marriage. They were considered liberals at the time, but many of their social stances would be considered conservative today. Conquest Third Law The simplest way to explain the behavior of any bureaucratic organization is to assume that it is controlled by a cabal of its enemies. According to Conquest Third Law, bureaucratic organizations, particularly in oppressive or authoritarian regimes, sometimes behave in ways that appear counterproductive or damaging to their own declared aims. Robert Conquest proposes that these organizations may be influenced by individuals whose motivations are at odds with the organization's official objectives. The clearest example of this can be found in the actions of various companies today, like Anheuser-Busch, Disney, Target, etc., that are willing to forgo profit for woke initiatives and messaging. Beer sales may tank, movies may bomb, and stores may be boycotted, but this is seemingly of no concern to management. This begs the question, who's running these companies? It sure looks like those not interested in advancing the primary purpose of the business, which is making a profit, have taken control and are leading them to ruin. Those were Robert Conquest's Three Laws of Politics. 
But conquest theory, as it relates to this podcast and this publication, carries with it another meaning. Put simply, the people of the United States are being ideologically conquered by a social phenomenon known as wokeism and culturally conquered through uncontrolled immigration, designed to intentionally diminish America's sovereignty and ultimately its very identity. Exploring the how and why of this reality is the main purpose of this project. Numerous organizations in both the public and private sectors, including school systems across the country, have implemented policies that endorse ideological concepts such as critical race theory, gender ideology, environmental, social, and governance, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and social and emotional learning. While some are genuinely committed to promoting these concepts, others may fear negative repercussions for failing to implement them, such as legal action, public criticism, or a lower ranking on the corporate equality index. As the nation undergoes these significant social and political changes, the global American empire is also expanding its influence by promoting these liberal values worldwide. This is resulting in a drain of America's resources and causing instability in other countries, much like it has in our own. One needs to look no further than the Russo-Ukrainian War for a dangerous example of what American liberalism's influence on foreign policy can do, as there is seemingly an endless supply of money and weapons available to Ukraine so long as they are willing to keep dying in America's proxy war with Russia. Pivoting to economics, the offshoring of American industry has put the United States in a position where its leaders are threatening war with China over Taiwan to protect its semiconductor industry. In the late 1940s and 50s, America led the world in semiconductor manufacturing. Today, only 12% of semiconductors are made in America, while 80% are made in Asia. For its part, Taiwan makes 60% of the world's semiconductors and over 90% of the most advanced ones. The U.S. policy of strategic ambiguity has morphed into more overt support for Taiwanese sovereignty, leading to calls for NATO-like security guarantees for the island. NATO, whose original purpose was to provide collective security to Western nations against Soviet aggression, has now morphed into a de facto American security blanket that aims to guarantee democracy across the world. It's not enough that America's liberal economic policies have decimated America's industrial capacity and subsequently destroyed its communities located in flyover country. Now, the desire for cheap consumer goods may lead the nation into a devastating war with another nuclear power. But decline is not inevitable. It doesn't have to be this way. Brexit and the election of Donald Trump were two seismic events that contradicted Francis Fukuyama's claim that the success of Western liberal democracy after the Cold War had led us to the, quote, end of history. These events, along with many other examples, have proven that we have actually reached the end of liberalism rather than the end of man's ideological development. Liberal democracy as we understand it today is not the final chapter in man's political story. John Adams believed that the American Constitution was created solely for a moral and religious society. If we fell short of that standard, the idea of self-governance would fail. Well, I'm sorry to report that we are obviously falling way short on that front, which leads to the inevitable question of what comes next. Answering that very important question, along with analyzing our current political landscape, is the aim of this podcast and publication. In the future, I'm going to be offering podcast versions of all written articles on the Substack, as well as interviews with insightful thinkers who will provide their own valuable perspectives. I hope you consider subscribing and sharing this with others, as I'm committed to making it worth your time. We can't fight what we don't understand.